I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Rebel Radio is brought to you by HoneyBook. You know, I talk to so many entrepreneurs, creatives, people, uh, freelancers, you know, people who have their own businesses, and, and it's always the same story. There's always too much to do. You know, you have to run your business, do the thing that you're passionate about, all that stuff at once. So, you know, it's really about having the right tools that you can use. And that's the great thing about where we're at with technology today is there are all these great tools that we can use to make life easier, less stress, help us stay more creative. And that's why I love HoneyBook. It's an online business management tool that organizes all of your client communications, bookings, contracts, invoices, everything in one place. It makes it simple to run your business better and faster. There's templates, there's uh, built-in automation, all kind of stuff to make you look good and kind of let you get back to the work that you care about. You can even integrate the other tools that you use, like QuickBooks, Google Suite, what have you. So save time, do more, be more creative, have more fun, live more life using HoneyBook. Right now, just for listening to Rebel Radio, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com rebel. Payments flexible, and the promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com slash rebel for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash rebel. Do it now. What's up? This is Dave Navarro, and you are listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. We talk about how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show to bring you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. 
This week we are back with another one of our Artwork Rebels episodes in partnership with Gorilla One and co-hosted by my man Eddie Donaldson. Our guest in studio today is the one and only Dave Navarro. Uh, you might know Dave as a rock god from Jane's Addiction, from Red Hot Chili Peppers, some of his other projects. Uh, you might know him as Carmen Electra's ex-husband. Uh, you might not know uh, Dave's in studio today to tell us about his newest project, which is uh, street art under the name Life After Death. Uh, Dave's getting up all over L.A., probably all around the world, um, touching on, you know, topics from politics. Uh, you know, he's using art as a way to, to communicate um, around issues of childhood trauma. Um, Dave produced a documentary some years ago about the murder of his mother, and he, he wants to use art as a way to communicate with other people that are going through you know, similar types of trauma. He's got some great stories, man. I hope you enjoy this one. Let's get into it right after the EDM.com track of the week. And I need it, need guidance, can't stop wildin' We impoverished, why you think that we so violent? I was trippin' out, gangster fantasies, I lived it out Disobedient, walking with my chest stickin' out Seat it all, I'm talking inmates cleaning walls To kingpins, watch them gleam and fall You don't think it all, niggas be playin' around thinking these streets gon' love them and they man's hold them yeah, That was A-Cross with Pain, the EDM.com track of the week If you like that one, get over to EDM.com, check out more new music and let's get into it now with Dave Navarro, Life After Death. Yeah, but here, can you unplug me real quick, yeah, You know, we could create an off-camera like, oh my God, something terrible's happened. Get in, Eddie, get in right, right away. And then whoever's listening will be like, oh, you better take that. That's right. Should have been there, dude. I have it mapped out. Apparently, I have a timed phone call, <laughs> incoming phone call at 45 minutes on any new date. Is that right? Hey, man, I really need your help over here. Yeah, things are going crazy. The kids are going crazy. Would you mind coming out and give me a hand? I don't know what to do. Oh God! I, I, this is gotta go. Gotta, you know, these are my God kids. I got. I, 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 I'm so sorry. I've never had to break the plan. Is that right? But it's a nice. Just you really? In case. You you actually you really get a, a text? Yeah, I'll go yeah. out with somebody new, and yeah. I'll text my best friend and say I'm yeah, leaving yeah. at this time. Yeah. Forty-five minutes. Forty. Forty-five minutes in, I'll know. But you've never had to use it. Never. Yeah. It's it's always worked out fine. But it's a nice little safety, a little cushion. I think you should just try it once. Well, what if I really like the girl and then I break out of it? Then and then you got to bounce back somehow. You got to like... <sighs> that would be the one time I use it. It's like you built like this perfect system and then you never use it. Yeah, but the idea is to have a system and not use it. 
Uh, it's like that mutually assured destruction. You know what I mean? No, there's no destruction. The idea is that... In no, no, case, I'm, I'm, I'm making the analogy to like nuclear arms race that we're never going to use. We're just going to stockpile. It's quite a leap. I kind of I kind of overplayed. <laughs> I think I overplayed the analogy. <laughs> Humanity is going to end on this one. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, just you know, saying. it's nice to have a plan. And if you don't need it, you don't need it. It's like having airbags. You hope they don't go off. But they're right. in there. Yeah, no, but you want to test them. I don't. No, but you want them to be tested. No, but you want you want them, them to, to be tested, tested. but oh, you exactly. don't want to test them. Exactly. Am exactly. I in? Yeah, I hear you. I got myself out of that one easily. All yeah, right. She might be like, "Well, I'll come with you." I like, yeah, this is a sensitive area, and it's not my place to invite somebody else to somebody else's home. Huh? You ready? All right. They're going through their trauma. Yeah. And for me to bring a stranger into that would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Dude, thanks for doing this. My Eddie. Pleasure. Yes, sir. Always good to see you. you. You as well. We've been doing, this is maybe our maybe our 10th interview together. Maybe. I just saw Dennis Morris across the street having coffee. Good. He said, what's up? Hi. Hi, Dennis. You know Dennis Morris? I don't. Punk rock photographer from back in the day. Shot the pistols and yeah, Bob he Marley. Was, he was Bob Marley's personal photographer and then sex. When photography was photography. Yeah, you had to actually have a camera. Film. Right. F-stops. Not just a guy with a Dark phone. rooms. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Crazy, right? I have some really old classic Jim Marshall photos of, oh, yeah? of Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. And there's just that texture, that unreproducible quality within the film and the depths and the blacks and the yeah. contrast that they captured in those black and white stills from that time especially, yeah, haunting. Different. And also don't forget that was before the time when everybody was just arm in arm looking into sure. a lens because it was a camera phone. Of course. So yeah. these were like real moments captured in a medium that is really not widely used. So well, they're extra special. I think back then it was like, I don't know if you guys had this in, in the band, but you know, there was one person that they gave access to that they would allow to hang out backstage and be on the bus and be part of the band taking pictures. Mm -hmm. And that was Dennis, right? And that was, yeah. you know. Intentionally yeah. taken on the road to document special moments. We had a few of those. We didn't have a lot of those because when we were on the road, it wasn't really something we wanted to document. Right. We later in 1997 did a documentary, okay. which was far worse than everything we tried to not document before. <laughs> of course. But fuck it. Yeah. At, that point, at that point, everybody knew anything. Right. And, um, but yeah, we'd have a couple photographers taking some still images like back in the early days, late 80s, early 90s. And, yeah. and those are the photos that to me are iconic and that are just moments captured. Sure. And, you know, I fear for the coffee table books of the future because well, they're all going to be shot on iPhones. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, and, and I just think everything's captured. Yeah. Right? And there was that, you know, being a rock star had a, a mystery to it. Yeah, no, that's gone. That's gone, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. You know, evolution. that's how it works. Evolution. That's evolution. You know, I've made my peace with it. I'm lucky enough to have had an opportunity to work in the music business when it worked the way it did work. Yeah. Which was you put, up your you put out your music, you have your website, that's pretty much all the access to the band anybody had. Maybe there was a, a web page or you know, a blog or something. Yeah. And that was it. And I joined Kiss Army. <laughs> you know what I mean? It you was really like, did join Kiss Army so I could get my newsletter. Nice. Shit like that. Yeah, you know, sure. it's like you felt Mailed like you, to me. Uh -huh, you yeah, felt yeah. like you were part of a club as opposed to all this stuff. Right fucking being slammed at you everywhere, ads everywhere, 
You know, iTunes didn't look like it does now with like, right. you know, latest releases and blam and Kendrick Lamar. You were just like, <laughs> fuck, man, I don't know how to find anything, you know? Right. And so it forces you to go back into the underground, yeah. which is kind of cool in this day and age because there's so much amazing music out there. None of it gets any publicity. Right. None of it gets any exposure unless you're deeply connected to the roots. And so that's always been Jane's Addiction's philosophy. That's mm -hmm. where we came from, that we came from the streets. We lived a hard time on the streets, you know, like hardcore street junkies and fucking just like scratched our way up through the hair glam metal scene as not being that. Right. You know, and that took a lot of hard work and and fucking rolling around in vans full of dudes that you're not getting along with for six months at a time. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, no. and it's fucking hard ass work. But it's like I bet. you know, that's that street grind. Yeah. You know that first time I, I miss. saw first time I saw James was that scream. Oh yeah. Those were the best. And I was spitting on Steve Perkins. <laughs> Because I was a punk, you know, I was a punk, like right. in my fucking DMs, and I was like looking for any trouble, had never heard the band, seen Perry, and he looked fucking weirder than weird could be. Mm -hmm. And I was spitting on Perkins, and after we became friends, I'm like, dude, do you remember getting spit on like 10 times at Scream? And he was like, no, not really, because he's, you know, and I'm like, that was me, I'm really sorry. Why, like, was, would, why did you choose to spit on him in particular? I don't know, because he was sitting still. It's probably the closest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he couldn't get away. Easy target. <laughs> You know, I mean, I just, that's what we did. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't the only one probably that that was the vibe there. It wasn't, I was waiting for TSL, TSL to play. Actually. Well, no, it's actually, you know, back in those days, it was really exciting because you didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, yeah. and a lot of our early shows were reminiscent of like some of those early New York street gatherings mm -hmm. Hell yeah. where it was like, we had to find a venue and pay for it ourselves and curate the bands and whatever else is going to happen right. back in the 80s because there was nothing like that. And we were doing transsexual dance reviews and motorcycle shows and laser shows and this abandoned warehouse downtown because nobody would hire our band. You know what I mean? And like that's, that's where we got our following. That's where we got our message across. That's where people started talking to other people and things came like that. Yeah. I know we live in a different climate now, but I'm just saying that I'm pretty stoked that I had that time sure. musically and that underground and trying to just, you know, scratch by in the meantime fighting drug addiction and living in trailers and trying to make it to the gig on time mm -hmm. and like, you know, mm -hmm. just hoping everything's going to work out. And uh, I think that's part of the fear and the anxiety and the rush that I've missed a long time and that I'm finding now in working out on the street. Oh, cool. Artistically, you know what I mean? So yeah. I have like a connection there just to that streets and like not wanting to get caught, you know, that to just that kind feeling, of adrenaline feeling. Itch. Like, yeah, sure. you itch. know, I used yeah. to go downtown and cop like balloons of dope out of like somebody's mouth mm -hmm. and be told, it's really hot, get out of here, get out of here. And you run home and it's coffee. You're like, fuck, and you got to scrape together money and go back down, hope you don't get caught again. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's similar to rushing downtown with yeah. some kind of piece that you've been Throw working on for a long time and have that much window before you're going to get taken down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. reminiscent, but it's also sharing a positive message. Sure. So it's like, it's the same symptom and it's the same execution but with a positive message, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's not destruction and it's not destroying me and it's not destroying anybody else, but there's a thought behind it. Yeah. So whatever artistic, emotional stuff I was trying to 
repressed with drug addiction and that being, you know, semi-lifted, mm -hmm. you know, I'm able to put those feelings into something artistic. And I, and I consider myself more of a conveyor of ideas than an artist yeah. because, you know, I can think up something and I can cut it out and I can make it look pretty good. And, and that's, but the idea is what I'm trying to get across. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's been a fucking blast. And dudes like Eddie and Thrashbird and Unfuck Yourself and Teacher and Dirt Cobain and Meg Zaney and like this fucking so many people out there. Wordsmith have all been just so fucking cool and like, you know, just really embracing my message and like, you know, giving me a fucking platform, a real platform and just like being supportive more than anything. Yeah. And I'll tell you that the artistic community I've found so far is way more of a community than it's probably right. the music community. You know, we talk a lot on this show about saving, saving time, saving your your creative energy, um, saving money, right? None of it's easy. It's, it's hard. It's hard to save. It's tempting to spend whatever we got uh, when it's right in front of us. But you know, we it's important. We got to save up for the things that matter. It could be a summer vacation, uh, a down payment. It could be trying to start a business. Maybe you're trying to start a street art project. You need money for wheat paste. You know, we all have things in the future that we're saving toward, but, you know, it's hard not to spend whatever cash we have in our pockets. So use the Twine app uh, to make saving money towards your financial goals easier. It takes automatic deposits from your bank. You can set it, forget it, and save without even trying. Get rid of that temptation to spend whatever money is uh, making noise in your pocket. And um, you can invest for the things that matter to you. All it takes is $5 and two minutes to get started. And right now, Twine is offering you $15 to help you save for your goals. Just go to twine.com slash rebel. Uh, and when you open your first goal, Twine will add $15 to your account just because you listen to Rebel Radio. Go to twine.com slash rebel today for $15 towards your first savings goal. Start saving today with twine.com slash rebel. can be rough out there. Though. Oh, I know, I know, be but rough out there. I know, but I'm just saying like in the music community, I know there's a bunch of different genres, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in the music community, especially when I was coming up, it might be different now, but in the 80s, we hated with a fucking passion. Yeah. Anything that we thought was sold out right. or that was getting successful, hated GNR. Well, I think part of that was was the just you know, we're in the same age group. I think part of that was generational, right? We, right. Were, we were really sensitive to this idea of selling out that I don't think is where the culture is at today. No, now we um, all want to create a line of merchandise. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, which is, and that's cool. That, which is, hey man, if you make something and make a fucking dollar doing something you love, I fucking got nothing bad to say about you, man. Right. Victory goes to the man who puts himself in the arena. And have the balls to step into the arena alone is what is required. For sure. So whatever anybody does and they fucking hit it and they hit it big, good for them. Yeah. They're paving a way for the rest of us. You know what? I always say that about Brainwash. Sorry, Josh. I always oh, say no, that please. about Brainwash. Like, because Brainwash is one of those tricky characters when it comes to, like, the real deal or sellout or whatever. Yeah, super commercial. And he came at a very pivotal point in, in, in art for mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. for me, from graffiti. Been doing this 20-plus years. 
And I always say, dude, God bless you if you can go make a million dollars on your first show. I don't care where your principles are as long as it's not foul, you know, what, what your goals are. But you're right. If you can get in the game and you can actually succeed and make a million dollars, good for you. Listen, I don't know the guy and I don't know his work all that well. Obviously, I can recognize it and I'm not really particularly interested because I see it as being... You know, I work in appropriations. I'll take a figure and I'll make it my own and do the stuff. Right. I see a lot of really derivative stuff yeah. in his work, which is For fine. Sure. And it appeals to the masses. And it makes people happy and they take one home and they're like, cool, I got a thing. And, and joy is spread. And I am nobody to step in the way of somebody's joy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just not for me. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? But I respect what he's doing. You I'm, know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, way. at the end of the day, if we're supporting one another like I've been supported, it's just like, we're the voices of today's generation. We're the voices that are gonna fix what's wrong with America. We're the voices that are gonna say, here's what's wrong and here's what we need to do to fix it. Because division is where we are. Yeah. And the voices of the street are the voices that are gonna say, here's where we really are and here's what we really wanna do. And if you look back in any of those Nixon demonstrations and you look at the picket signs they're holding, it's a time capsule. Right. And this Trump administration era is going to be studied, which is why I'm sure. curating my house. Yeah. With all the voices of the street inside my house, I want the building to stand forever, be a kid's school down the line. Oh, you cool. know, And just have this archived time so capsule. So what, what are you doing in your house? I've just had everybody from from Eddie to Trickster to Teacher to Meg Kurt to Turk Cobain to Cabin, fucking come you know. and hit it up. Oh, Trickster cool! Did a dope Al Diaz burner. came over. Like fucking, the whole thing is gonna go. <laughs> nice. I've got a lot of walls dedicated to people already. So That's like, awesome. we're just gonna go for it and make it stand. Nice. You know what I mean? And make yeah. it like a time capsule. If you had a t if you had a chance to go back into a building during the Nixon administration. Mm -hmm. And see what was going artistically on, you know, on the yeah, streets or the voices of the actual people. I would go check that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're Absolutely. in something that's bigger than that administration. Yeah. And 40 years from now, people are going like, to fucking back. Trump era. Mm -hmm. Dude, there's Robbie Canal at Dave's house. Like, fucking, you know, that's what he was talking about. He's got a big picture of Melania and it says, me too, over it. With a question mark. You like, have that at your house? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, and I had the original Reagan. Shit. I had the original Reagan. Oh, the Reagan one? The Reagan one <coughs> was the first piece of street art that got me interested in street art. Nice. Because my background is advertising. How's I grew that? Up my whole life, my father was an advertiser, okay. senior vice president in gray advertising. Oh, no way. So in my house was a drafting table with cardboard and exactos and mm -hmm. T-squares and all Marker kinds of shit sets. that I need, markers, yeah. whatever the fuck I needed. Yeah. And I was cutting shit out all the time and I learned on a drafting table, like old school with letter set that you rub yeah, off yeah, each I, letter. I had, a, I had a job as a kid. Doing yeah, and thing. you rub off each letter yeah. and hope it lines up and yep. it's like, you know, uh, rubber glue and that kind of, that, that world. Yeah. So that world of paste up advertising. So did you think that that was gonna be a career before no. music? But I understood the concepts behind clean advertising. Okay. And then when I first saw the Robbie Canal pieces yeah. in West LA, where it was Reagan and it was a disagreeing viewpoint, yep. and I was a kid, I was like, whoa, you can disagree yeah, and tell no people and have it look like that? <clears throat> and a light went off. Yeah. And not only did a light go off artistically, but a light went off politically because now I wanted to know what he was talking about because mm -hmm. I was like 11. 
you know? I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a voice of dissent against the administration. Right. Who is this dude? And I did research and I fucking found out and I was like, and I learned about the Contra stuff and mm -hmm. that's what really got me diving into politics. Mm -hmm. So that kind of art with a message attached really does affect the youth and what they do throughout the future. Yeah, that's So now it's up to us because the powers that be are failing. They're failing, you know? We're the ones who've been through a lot of trauma. We're the ones who've been through a lot of fucking life. Sure. Good and bad. You know, we've grown up hard. A lot of us were on the streets. I was in a fucking trailer park or homeless for a lot of years of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, just scoring drugs. Mm -hmm. And we fucking survived all that shit. And now we're seeing the fucking country go this way. It's up to <coughs> us to bring the love, man. Speaking of time capsule, I saw uh, Amazing Grace Friday night. You know what it is? What is that? Aretha Franklin. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, no, I haven't the seen chapel. I hit you from Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty fucking moved by that. So I was crying for like 15 minutes. But nice. it is a time capsule. It literally yeah, is sure. start to finish two nights with her pops and Mick Jagger's there. Mm -hmm. And it's like you, it's, it, it's a time capsule, but it definitely made me think about where we are now and how people are going to look at what we're going through. Oh, we totally. Look at it like getting up in the morning and wildlife is fucked and this sucks, but like... Our, this generation, this time period is going to be a time period that's looked at for the rest of history. Probably. Well, like, here, think about this. Sure. Think about this. If the left gets it together, which I'm hoping they do. Uh, okay. Well, what do you mean, how so? No, let's talk about that, but go ahead. Well, right now, I think that it's too broad yeah. a field. So yes. once it gets narrows down to the nominee, we'll see. But I think some people are way too extremely left for a lot of moderates. Right. And I think a lot of people are afraid of the word socialism. They don't understand that it's mm -hmm. healthcare related and, mm -hmm. you know, it's been specific areas. Right. They just think Education, it's Education, healthcare. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. And the taxes they don't like and all that stuff. And I understand. Of course. You know, and the extreme right wants insanity. Yeah. So nobody's really making sense. But on the extreme right, you have a base that likes this guy. Mm -hmm. On the extreme left, you have a lot of people that like Beto O'Rourke. You know, they like you know, the fucking outsider fringe people. Right. Then you like some, you have some people that are digging the Starbucks guy because he's independent. Then you have some guys that are into the Bernie thing and Bernie got fucked last time mm -hmm. and he's a socialist, but in the right ways. But these people don't like socialists, so the Dems are split. Yeah, for sure. If they don't unify in one strong, moderate leader, we're fucked. Yeah, I, I no, I understand that. I've, I'm, it's hard for me to see how that's going to happen. It's hard for me to see too. And I, and I think that, you know, we're in this era of very just reactionary politics, right? That whatever you stand for, I just want the opposite because it's you. It's convenient outrage. Yeah. It's convenient outrage. For it's sure. pack mentality outrage. What's going on is outrage. What, what, what can I be mad at now? Who right. can I be mad at now? What group can I be mad at now? Yeah. You know what I mean? And for it's sure. pack mentality. And the fact is we are a pack. Human beings are a pack. <clears throat> Made of the same stardust out of each other, out of Fucking every table, every cup, every fucking thing. We're all made out of the same goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let's like find some unity here. Okay? So we're not going to all get what we want. That's what life is. But let's fucking have a peaceful talk. And so I think it's up to us to set the record straight. Say, here's what's really going on. Here's what really matters to Americans. And some fucked up picture of Trump. Okay, we all get it. We don't like him. Or a lot of people don't like him. But right. let's like have solutions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's clear that things are going wrong. What can we do? Mm -hmm. And and my small contribu contribution to that is to take care of our kids, man. 
you know? You fuck them up then, they're going to find their own comfort zone later. And that comfort zone may not be the best for them. Sure. Okay, we've solved that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> Anything else? Well, we're done. Are you serious? No. no. Did no. I yap too much? Definitely not. Um, that was one question. <laughs> that was our intro. All right, cool. Go back to something you said at the beginning. You're talking about, you know, when you're first coming up and this, that, you know, you guys were the, the anti Guns N' Roses, for lack of a better yeah. way to say it, right? Yeah. Um, and so, what was, um, what was the turning point? Of which? Well, so, so what I'm saying is like, there's this mainstream thing happening. And then you guys were part of this generation that yeah. was that was just not that, right? And we're going to be... The oh, basically different. what happened is Nirvana came along and knocked us both out of the playing field for quite a few years. <laughs> That's sure. exactly what happened. Okay. And uh, they were kings, man. They were like, you know, although there was an alternative movement and mm -hmm. a grunge movement happening, the next Lollapalooza year, Nirvana hit big. They dropped yeah. Smells Like Teen Spirit. No fucking crazy guitar solos, no big choruses, no big fuck. I mean, massive choruses, but no, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, they, were, yeah, they were pop songs, if you really break it down, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, quiet, loud, quiet, loud, here we go, we know how the song goes. But the notes and the choices and the chords that he chose were so fucking melancholy to everybody that they right. resonated immediately. Uh, immediately, let alone the lyrical content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was like real fucking raw uh passion and honesty that nobody had heard before yeah that wasn't as poetic as we're used to hearing it it's more straight in your face so that was an exciting time sure but uh and so what did that mean for you guys like what was well the point? we had already broken up before that oh wow yeah so the end of 91 Lollapalooza was over okay so then that was done and then sound gardens mm -hmm. and, and and pearl jams and and nirvana's kind of took the reins from there Rage Against the Machine, mm -hmm. you know, so those are all guys that we grew up with. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of bands that were bummed that didn't make it. Fishbone, I think, is one of the bands, should have yeah. easily been one of the top greatest bands of all time. X, I still can't believe, is mm -hmm. not in the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. so I petition every year. Is that right? Yeah. Nice. I just think it's just, it's silly. Yeah. You know, um, you know I was, I've been looking at your, your body of work, and you have... Uh, you know, multiple bands, um, you know, solo album, documentary, you wrote a book with Neil Strauss, you have like multiple TV shows, um, you stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, um, I mean, it's interesting because we were talking earlier about the, the access that we all have now to, to everyone. Yeah. Um, but you seem like if, if I look at all that, you know, you seem to be. Um, driven to kind of put yourself out there. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough. It's a tough. It's a tough one because, um, and I'm struggling with that right now because there's part of me that wants to just like disappear. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm tired of being on camera. I'm tired of being on stage. There's part of me that has that, but now with the artistic outlet. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be on stage and nobody has to be looking at me. I can be held up in my garage for three days if I want to be. And right. still be seen. <laughs> yeah. And still be seen later. I just don't have to be there. And right. it's impermanent, like a rock show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. like, to me, you know, 
fine art is the canvas and live performance is the street, you know? Right. And you have, an, you have a finite amount of time that you can do it. It's a little bit like hopping drugs. So you get the rush that you get being on stage and you just fucking throw it up and just fucking wing it. And I'm very, very uh, pro day, day drops, day yeah. bombing. Yeah. yeah, so am I. I was I'm telling Grash that I love doing daytime. It's more exciting. It's more exciting, and nobody gives a fuck. I got I got streamed at doing a stencil on Beverly <laughs> two days ago. They're like, "Thank you, get out of here!" And I'm just like, yeah. I ran, but the guy I was with kind of stood there like, "What?" And I'm like, "No, dude, we gotta let's go." <laughs> Thank you, get out of here is <laughs> nothing. And I got stopped. Oh, here's a good one. So there's a closed CVS on Sunset and La Brea or Highland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of those. Anyway, it's. No, it's further down sunset, and uh, I put a massive skull on the on this closed CVS with overkill. It was like an anti-pharma, uh -huh. you know, statement like you know drugs are gonna kill you, and this right. place is all about drugs, stringing you out and killing you. Mm -hmm. Really, this whole building is about stringing you out and killing you. Sure, it's too much, right? And the other thing is that the people who need medication, who are dying from cancer can't afford to get it right but any 18 year old kid can have it in 20 minutes if he picks up his cell phone mm -hmm. something's fucking wrong with big pharma man mm -hmm. you don't think they're making a profit off the street drugs of course they are so that's why i made that that stencil and i wrote that overkill thing on the on the cvs that was kind of the messaging behind it and i got stopped pulled up on lights flashing you know, the fucking loudspeaker, the whole thing. Hey, uh -huh. what are you doing? The light is aiming at me. <clears throat> Cop stops me and says, hey, man, you're vandalizing. And I said, oh, dude, I'm sorry. This place looked closed and I didn't. I thought they were going to tear it down. I played dumb, you know. I don't know. I'm sorry, but don't, don't mean to disrespect anything. Yeah. He's all right, well, get out of here. And I walk back to the car and I go, officer, let me ask you one favor. I just have one more line I got to do. <laughs> what did he say? Just one more. He goes, do the line, get out of here. No way. That's I was awesome. like, fucking what a rad guy. Oh, my God. It was rad. That's hilarious. Do the line, get out of here. And That's then he hilarious. did like 10 more lines. See, but that, still. Wasn't, that wasn't, we weren't getting all that. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. Day. You know what I mean? It wasn't I'm one sure. more line. They were out of the car handcuffing us before fucking you could know it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, well, this guy didn't recognize me. Right. Which is great, because I think a lot of them would love to take me down, you know? Yeah, or maybe they're fans, or like, you know, maybe, you know, it's a flip of the Yeah, coin, but, it, right? but it's like a big bust, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, officer yeah. so-and-so, takedowns, whatever. Right. And so, like, that's a whole other thing. Like, I tried to, I tried to keep the life after death thing, like, under wraps a little bit, you know, because yeah. I just... I'm not trying to make money selling art. I'm not like, it's not some no business for me. It's just something I care about. And yeah. That's why I work with so many people because I just, I absorb information and techniques like a sponge. But, uh, yeah. So you, you're a collaborator. Oh yeah. I, th I think I read something you said after you made your solo album that, that being like doing it that way is not for you. No, um, I loved making the solo record. What I didn't like doing was touring it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like being the lead singer. Yeah. Sure. Again, that that falls in line with my wanting to hide a right. little bit behind a visual piece. Yeah, because I tried it. Lead singing is a fucking whole nother brain, <laughs> and like I bet those guys deal with more mindfuckness 
than anybody else in the planet. You sure. know what I mean? They got to carry the show. They got to lead the show. I have so much more respect for Perry. After doing it on my own, I'm like, this guy's fucking the neck, the shit. I yeah. should never do this again. Although I like making the records yeah. on my own. But, okay. So um, do you approach collaboration in art the same as you did in music? Um, I'm more likely to do a canvas if it's a collaborator. Okay. Because where I'm at, I like things temporary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if it's, okay, so I did a collaboration with Al Diaz in New York on a wheat paste. Yeah. Based on the missing, uh, old missing milk bottles with the kids' faces. And I removed the face and I filled it in with my own words. What yeah. I felt society's missing. And I put it up and I asked Al if he'd do one. And he said, yeah. And he did a killer one with little letters that are pieces of subway signs and just mm -hmm. like a, a graphically cool ransom note looking thing. And uh, it was so cool that we made a series of prints. And, uh, you know, it got to a point where it's like, if I promote that on Life After Death, I'm not really helping him out much. Right. You know what I mean? But right. if I pro it, promote it on my Dave Navarro account, there's going to be more traffic. So sure. I tend to post collabs on that because mm -hmm. I think it'll drive traffic to other artists that I want people to know about. But for the most part, I just keep street work on the, on the street piece because that's really what I do. Right. You know? What about the actual collaboration process? I mean, when you get up on, you know, when you, when you're, when you're playing with a band, right, you have a specific role. Yeah. Right. You're playing the guitar and like those, those roles are pretty well defined. Yeah. Um, maybe less in the writing process, but... Um, um, yeah, but I mean, even with writing processes, those songs change when right. the other guys get a hold of them and go, whoa, that's great, what about this? Sure. You know, so, but like for a piece like uh, the the Nipsey Hustle piece that Rashford and I did, like that's a, all hands on deck yeah, on no, no. every fucking thing. Did you yeah. see that one? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. just got to be like, awesome. you're up there and you just, you know... Whatever you can do, you can do. I mean, there's there's fucking hardcore planning that goes into that. You yeah, know what I, bet. I mean, I and bet. that particular board, there's no walkway, so we had to go up and over the top mm -hmm. and hang down and pace that thing down, which mm -hmm. was, you know, my first experience, like with a dude holding me around the waist so yeah. I don't fall yeah, to so my death. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that was uh, that was part of the thrill. That's cool. Yeah, and but I'm not doing that, by the way. I'm just letting you know. Like, yeah, you but I'm not just catch saying, me like, up on a billboard, we pacing anything, nothing. Sure. Like, I don't even want to go watch you and be the lookout guy yeah. for that kind of shit. Well, you could, you know, call nine one one. I'm just saying. But there's a, uh, you know, that, on a thing like that, we had it mapped out. Yeah. And then when it came to the execution and you're up there and don't forget, you got to bring everything with you. Right, right. The pace, the buckets, the fucking, you know, everything. Yeah. And that was a fucking gnarly climb. So once we were up there, it's like, grab that, grab that, grab that. And you have to read each other's minds. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be able to see what he's doing and anticipate what he's gonna need mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah next step like if he's unrolling that that means he needs this thing and like right. i just have a flow going yeah so it's kind of cool and, and likewise you know yeah. oh you're working on that okay here's you use this tool so it's a cool vibe but i wouldn't you know by no means am i suggesting that it's safe <laughs> yeah no doubt um you know it's cool that you mentioned the nipsey hustle because i think back to what you're talking about earlier like his legacy like i'm amazed at how 
far his legacy has reached so quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, just the people from from seeing it on the TV news, from reporters who I'm sure never heard of Nipsey Hussle before he died. Yeah, to uh, you know artists that that I just had no idea that that he had touched yeah, people he the way he did. So many lives. Yeah, I know it's amazing. And that was a collab with me and Thrash, you know, to be perfectly honest, I really don't have any connection to Nipsey Hussle's music. Yeah. But as a survivor of gun violence and my mother being killed Mm -hmm. and being a survivor and relating to what that does to the family afterwards and the loved ones afterwards, I was proud to take part in that. You know? That's amazing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that was my angle. You yeah. know, like, I don't That's care. Right. You know, first of all, I've lost enough peers, musically speaking, whether it's been through violence, whether sure. it's somebody shooting Dimebag to guys overdosing on drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, all these really talented people are being killed or dying. And it's, it's you know, there's like an inherent insecurity in a lot of creative people yeah. that are driven to get that much attention. And when they get that attention and it's not fixing them, they're lost, you know? Right. So not to say that that's Nipsey's case because that's a gun violence case, right. but that was, my, that was my connection to that because, you know, I'm a gun owner. Mm-hmm. I believe in gun rights, mm-hmm. but I believe in strong background checks. I believe in the elimination of the AAR. I believe in ending gun show deals. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we need to I mean, we can up have on responsible. It. We have the right ownership. to bear arms and based on my history, you better believe my house is strapped from top to bottom. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like that's right. I could fucking <laughs> happily take out anybody who steps foot in there. I have fucking postmates guy out there be careful. Prepared. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dave is prepared. Like I hear a sound, I'm like, did I order postmates or was that an intruder? Yeah. <laughs> better get the shotgun just in case. <laughs> Yeah, all, oh, all jokes shit. aside, though, you're right. I mean, that is... You know, so that was my involvement in that piece. So how does that loss... Um, as you said, you, you've experienced, you know, a lot of loss. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you made a documentary about, yeah. about your mom. Yeah, um, Morning Sun, it's called. Morning Sun, yeah. yeah. Um, how does that affect the way that you approach your art? Right now, because it changes, it yeah. manifests. Um, right now, I'm trying to reach out to other survivors of trauma. I've started this thing, like trauma kids. But mm. if you've been traumatized as a kid and you're 50 years old, you're a trauma kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just trying to shed some light on the fact that we all have that innocence in us mm-hmm. and it needs to be respected and acknowledged among one enough mm-hmm. one another mm-hmm. and uh also i feel that there's a need to expose the shamelessness of it because a lot of really traumatized people feel a lot of shame sure. about whatever it is they went through yeah and uh to quote my friend padilla she said uh you know military soldiers come home and They've lost their legs and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a horrible trauma and they get medals for what they've went through and that they survived. And I'm just trying to say, man, we have survived some of the most unthinkable things yeah. and we should be proud of that mm-hmm. and, you know, acknowledged for that strength and pass it on to others. 
So that's really where I'm at with it. You know what I mean? We, we're survivors. Yeah. We're survivors. Yeah. And that's just the whole thing. And then this other piece I'm working on is about, do you remember the JFK treason letters? No. The day before he was assassinated, Oswald was seen in New Orleans handing out wanted for treason posters oh, yeah, to John yeah, Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. And then he was assassinated. <clears throat> so I'm working on a piece of hope that's very sad, that's loosely based on those treasonous flyers for Kennedy and his assassination. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm and liken it to the Trump administration where we want him for treason mm -hmm. and say, look, in 1963, we were way worse off and we made it. Sure. And we had two years left to go. Right. We're gonna fucking make it. This guy is a saint and he was wanted for treason. This is the guy to take down. You know what I mean? It's I mean, he wasn't a saint to his wife. No, no, I, mean, I, I, saying, I, I you know, know what you mean by comparison. Politically, politically sure. speaking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I have a, a theory that we're, you know, you talk about trauma. And I think as a country, that era, like we're still traumatized by that era, by JFK, by Martin Luther King, by the Vietnam War, by Watergate. 9-11. 9-11 for sure. But even back, you know, 50 years. Oh, yeah. Um, that those things happened. You know, a bunch of terrible shit happened in a really pretty short time, mm -hmm. you know, as far as history is concerned. And I don't think we've recovered from that. No. We've had a, a lot of wonderful things. I For was sure. there in Berlin when the wall came down. Yeah. You know, I got a piece of the wall. Like, yeah. I saw that shit happen, you know. Yeah. I've, I've seen the Pope speak at the Vatican. I've been to the North Pole. I mean, it's a beautiful place that we live in. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some of the museums and the art that I've seen around the world just makes me know this is the place I want to stay in. Yeah. If you ever spend any time in Vienna and see any of the secessionists, mm. see Kokoschka, go see Sheila, go see fucking Klimt up in person, and then go see an opera or some kind of fucking symphony where that's the birthplace of Mahler yeah. and fucking Mozart. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, if you see that, it's hard to also have to embrace the rest of it in order to experience that because that's the contrast that allows that to be beautiful. So, you know, you talk about stuff like that and, and obviously really dark times and dark thoughts as well. It seems to me that pluralism is so hard for humans. Right. How to expand on that. That we mean? need shit to be either good or bad. We right. need people to be good or bad. We need... It's not even that. It's worse than that, I have to tell you. Not only are you good or bad, but you better have been good for the past 20 years well, that yeah. you can research. Sure. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, just, yeah, yeah. it's absolutely insanity. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this society is in a place where somehow forgiveness and changing behavior is a lost deal. Like, there's no forgiveness. And, like, half of the people that are arguing for impeachment or Kavanaugh or whatever the argument is, I'm not even taking a side. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, Kavanaugh missed a fucking golden opportunity. He should have just said, you know what? I was fucking 17 years old at an underage, unsupervised drinking party. I may have been out of line. I'm truly sorry for anything I may have caused you. And an honest motherfucker 
standing there, I think he would have either gone down as a hero or he would have gotten fucking the votes, like the seat. And yeah, but I think, I, th I mean, I heard you say that on your, on your radio show, and I think that that's, uh, I mean, I get it. It's a pipe dream. That I think it's I a would... misunderstanding of who he is and who that kind of person is. Yeah. Right? That kind of person is like, there is no way that I need to apologize to you for anything. That's like what, I the what kind of person he is. That's exactly. what I'm saying. Like, I could run over your cat with a car. Right. I'm saying and, if he had not just, say sorry. If he had, a, somebody out there had a little fucking strip of humility. For sure. And human dignity and admitted to their wrongs. Yeah. Past discretions fucking as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are the things I learned from that has changed me as a human being to give me the proper perspective to sit on a judge. He could have sold fucking two-thirds of the country on that shit. Right. You know what I mean? But he had to fucking deny. He had to fucking deny public enemy number one, man. Forgiveness is available. Right. But you have to be transparent. But I think these are really tough co concepts for, our, for us know. to process as humans, right? I think... You know, we're, we're, and so I, you're talking about something that's very, well, I'll, that's I'll, rampant in yeah, society but, right now. Right. But all I'm saying is like when the Clinton, uh, when the Clinton thing went down mm -hmm. and they wanted to impeach him, one senator accused him of, of what his wrongdoings were and then raised his hand and say, and in light of that, since I've, uh, I have done the same wrongdoings, I resign as well. Wow. in the fucking house it was yeah. a heavy moment it yeah, was like yeah, yeah. it ended his career but locked him into political history forever as a hero sure that's what i think these guys should be doing but who am i the good news is i don't need to be vetted for when, when i run for office <laughs> yeah, no i mean i wouldn't pass the test i don't think but you know i don't think you have to pass the test anymore well, there's no test. I mean, well, just Google me. Of course. <laughs> it's so fucking easy. You know no, I mean? no, like, but I, I'm just saying, like, you know, Trump is a good example of, like, I, I always say Trump has proven the futility of censorship. Yeah. Right? That Russia and China and, and you know, have s spent so much effort to censor these dissenting voices, Cuba, right, these totalitarian states. And Trump's like, you guys can say whatever you want. In fact, go ahead. Like, Tell me more, and just keep winning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm listen. I'm not going to get into a political debate. Uh, what I'm saying for goes for both parties. I think that for we sure. need we need transparency on both sides. I think we need a little bit of dignity and human understanding and forgiveness from everybody. You know what I mean? This country was built on the fact that we're allowed to disagree. Right. Thousands and thousands of soldiers die every year so we can disagree. Yeah. Let's honor them by allowing ourselves to disagree and say, well, all right, you fucking voted that way. I voted this way. What do you want for lunch? Mm -hmm. That's the way it used to be. Hey, if you're enjoying this one, uh, we can go back to another one of our Artwork Rebels episodes. Last year, we, we sat down with Retina um, and talked about, you know, his spectacular rise to success in his career and, uh, and a lot of the, the hurdles that he's had to overcome along the way. That was a really fun one. Go back and check that one out after you finish up here. So, how, so you know, throughout history, art 
music, painting, you know, has led the way for a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, you guys, your music was, was uh, a reflection of the social circumstance that you came from. Of course. Um, and, uh, and, you know, young angst and, and protest to, to all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how is that, how do you see that playing out now? Uh, with my band or Just with art? With everything you're doing. Um, well, I've, I, I have focused. I, every once in a while, I get tempted and do a little political jab, but I, that's, not my, that's not my motivation. I just right. have strong thoughts on it. Right now, I'm dealing with, with people who are hurting, everyday people that are hurting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that just saying, hey, man, you're not alone. All of us have something. And it's like, it's okay, man. Here's, here's, you know, we should be lucky and grateful and proud that we survived. That's what I'm saying. I guess I'm wondering, do you see, do you still see art as a vehicle for social change in that way? Or has absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because as I said, as an 11 year old child, had it not been for Robbie Canal, I would know nothing about politics. I would know nothing about street art. I would not have been invested and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, you know? And that's a fucking 40 year lapse of being inspired by somebody. I was already deep in the music, so it was like, that's what I did, but he was the guy who made me go, wow, you're allowed to express a a different opinion and have it look pro. Because it looked to me as a kid driving by, it looked like a fucking sign, like, you know? Wow, I must have been put up by the city. And then I really looked at it and I was like, wow. <laughs> Definitely you know, not. That was what was cool about it when he was doing that, especially in West LA where we didn't get much of that. Right. There wasn't, a lot, there wasn't even a lot of tagging. A lot of that was downtown or yeah. in, in, yeah, in Santa sure. Monica. Yeah. Venice. Yeah. When you, um, so obviously, you know, you talked about how young uh, musicians are coming up in a very different world than you did. <sighs> What do you what do you say when you meet young kids that are trying to find their way in music? All I say is I really hope you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because if you have any other goal, if you want the girl, if you want the car, if you want the fame, if you want the money, get out. Forget mm-hmm. about it. Get out. This is not the job for you. Mm. If you're passionate about your music and that's what matters, give everything you have to it. And the result that you want is having made something that you're proud of. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But like all that shit out there, it's a fucking nightmare. You're chasing after that shit. You're chasing off after inauthenticity, which I've done Mm -hmm. in my history. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. That doesn't make you happy. You know, when you stray from your vision because you're chasing the dollar, it feels yucky. Yeah. You know? And I'm guilty of it. You know, I'll admit that. That's why I'm telling them now, stick true to what you want to do. You don't know. Sure. And when they want to stick you with the high-end producer who's going to change everything, beware. Run. Yeah, beware, (laughs) because what that means is you won't sound like you anymore. Right, run. Unless you have a super firm deal of producing with that producer. Sure. I mean, that seems like such a tight rope to walk and then as far as the business model of today's music i don't get it at all i don't understand it's like 360 deals where Mm -hmm. it's like you make a deal with someone and they make your record and they get your tickets and they get your merch and they pay you a certain amount like i you know 
No, I don't like that. Uh, Jane's Addiction currently doesn't have a deal. Right. And we like it like Yeah, like and I'm sure. Yeah. What about those festival passes? Have you heard of that? <coughs> like you buy one group, you buy a festival pass, and you're entitled to these 10 festivals, or it's like a festival ca collaboration deal. Oh, really? Like yeah. a class pass for festivals? I, I'm all for that. Yeah. Like getting people in front of the shows, that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you spend a grand, and you get or two grand, and you get to go to four or five different <coughs> festivals. Wow. Forgot what it's called. Yeah crazy but that's you know now everything's integrated everything's together everybody's got their hand in the deal now there's nine dudes sharing a dollar versus you just being able to make money making music yeah for sure so i got a question who what's who who else you who do you if you could pick who you wanted to collaborate with art wise who would it be right now yeah i would want to collaborate with somebody who has an understanding of like, somebody like Cobra, who understands, has the understanding of the entire structure of a building and can secure mm. that, you know, even to assist. Like I'm at that phase where like, I'll just go assist if I have to. Like there's no piece of work that's too low on the totem pole for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, is there, is there an end game for where you're at now? What do you mean? Like, is there a goal? Nah, not really. Okay. I'm just happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah? Yeah. And I'm happy doing something that doesn't have due dates or fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. companies attached to them or other bandmates or whatever. Yeah. It's just fun. I'm sure. And it matters to me. You know, it's all I care about. It's like... I drive down the streets every day and it's like advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. We want your money. We want your money. No, we want your money. Mm -hmm. Come stay here with, with us for a week and we'll charge you money. And I, street, I see street art as like, okay, we didn't ask for all these. So here's an alternative view for free. Yeah. We don't want your money. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough to me. Yeah, you know, and if you could, if you could hang out and work with and collaborate with some of the early dudes, Richard Hamilton, you know, fucking Basquiat, if you could be out on the street with those dudes, mm -hmm. you would, right? Sure. Yeah. So I'm on the street with those dudes now. Right now. Yeah. Of yeah. now. That's my thinking. Ah, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Because why pass up an opportunity to watch genius happen or watch it? evolve or even watch mistakes being made into beautiful accidents that that work and actually finish the piece in a way you hadn't intended mm -hmm. you know especially in the in the chaos of cars going by and people walking by and cops and you know it's just it's a rush man but that's what i do that's yeah. what i like i chase that i mean that. one thing i find interesting about about how he gets down is like I'm in the business right and mm -hmm. a lot of people come to me and they're looking for the retina or the slick you know right. the dudes that we've interviewed and there's yeah, no yeah. disrespect to the credits and the things that they've done no way but he, I find it interesting who he chooses to collaborate like he it's 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 an right. organic natural thing it's not like I'm trying to climb the ladder of the art business no and if I'm seen with this guy that will help improve my my goal, like you said, in game. You know, mm -hmm. and I find that interesting. And you know, from both sides, like, well, why don't you want to work with the dopest dude out there that has the most marketability? 
but I get now I know more after listening to kind of his whole deal. It's like I get that's, but I've always found that interesting. Yeah, and my thing about it is that like as a musician, I've learned over the past thirty-five years that the more people I play with, and I have a cover band, Royal Machines, Which where it's just dope. all different people playing different songs. Right. I was in the Chili Peppers. I was in Jane's. I have a whole nother band, the Panic Channel. So mm -hmm. the more people I play with, and I've guessed it on weird shit, like Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, like yeah. shit out of my comfort zone. But the more people I collaborate with, the more I learn and remain teachable. And I'll be with a guitar player and I'll go, yo, dude, how did you do that? And they'll go, oh, it was like this. And I'm like, fucking rad. Mm -hmm. And I may, I may take from that, I may not, but mm -hmm. I know that technique now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with working with other artists that are better than me. I just sit there and study him. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's an honor for me to work with them. Yeah. You know, I got yeah. a chance to work with Teacher on a uh, <clears throat> on a Kennedy canvas that he had, and I put a little saluting John John in the corner, and just that day alone working with him and just his process versus my process, and there were things I was doing that he hadn't done, and there were things he'd done that yeah. I hadn't done, and we were just kind of going, "Whoa, that's cool!" and like. That's the excitement of the creative process and of the collab is that mm -hmm. we're picking up shit, you know, and I think it's important to remain teachable at all times. Do you think that's influencing your approach to music? Right now I'm taking a long break from music, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm not, I have a cover band that I work with once in a while. Perry mm -hmm. Farrell is doing his own thing called Kind Heaven, mm -hmm. which he's really yeah, into. Yeah, in Vegas. Uh, unfortunately, I'm... Well, not unfortunately, but I get locked away in New York six months a year, so it's hard for me to tour. But there's a massive art scene in New York, so yeah. I'm, you know, I've got my friends that I'm dialed in with there, mm -hmm. so I can keep that going out there. But I do a show, so really, if I'm not doing the show, this is all I'm doing, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like my meditation. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, I'm a stencil cutter, so like. I'll print out the most elaborate thing I can come up with and go, what the fuck am I going to do and figure it out? Right. You know, and I, yeah, I like that. Cool. So, yeah. you know, that's like if I have a five-hour cutting ahead of me, like my day is set. Yeah, you know? bet. Sure. Playlist, <laughs> maybe a little bit of weed. Right. Vape pen. That's right. Scalpel. Nice. Fuck out the world. Amazing. All right, I got to get to a lightning round before I let you out of here. Okay. Um, and I, uh, you'll forgive me because I've heard you say you don't like favorites, but uh, there might be. I can give you a couple of favorites. In, that's in fine. We're not we're not too rigid about it. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? Vienna, because of the art. Damn, and that the was music. easy. Yeah, easy. You can go see Mahler's grave. You can go see a symphony in yeah. those exact architectural structures mm. that they were played in hundreds of years ago. You can see the Beethoven frieze done by Gustav Klimt in person, which is a three-panel mural. Mm -hmm. It's the only place you can see it because it's in the in the Vienna Secession Museum. Yeah. So, and that's if if I was to talk about favorite artists, Klimt, Bacon, somewhere in there, you know, you mean and Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, yeah, yeah, Gustav Klimt kept the films of Kevin Bacon, and Andy Warhol were like my top three dudes. Amazing. Maybe. Or Vermeer as well. Because mm. I'm, I'm a big classicist dude. Uh -huh. um, do you have a favorite DJ? No. My last favorite DJ was AM. And my favorite DJ to work with is DJ Scribble. Oh, yeah. 
So nice. he and I do mashups, like live mashups. Oh, cool. He'll so be cutting dope. records and I'll be like playing guitar riffs over it. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of a cool, cool. Scribble came to Odd Spot 23 back in the YBT days. Oh, no. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he's my, he's my partner in crime. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, can, you th can you remember a favorite live show you've seen? That I've seen? Mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson opening for Nine Inch Nails on the Downward Spiral tour. Cool. Or the last Roger Waters tour where he did selections from all the great Pink Floyd records. Yeah. He did fucking Dark Side. He did Animals. He did The Wall. It yeah, was fucking yeah. incredible. Amazing. So, I mean, and Roger Waters is probably one of my favorite musicians with David Gilmour being my favorite guitar player. Mm -hmm. So, and the thing I think about Floyd that I love is Gilmore has this outward angst, and Dave, I'm sorry, Waters has an outward right. angst, and David Gilmore has this in, inward reflection, mm. and the marriage of those two things, his angsty vocals and his melodic, you know, guitar soloing is just the perfect blend for me. That's cool. What's the last great book you read? I'm not a big reader, so I would tell you that the last great book I read was a book called Wasted by Maria Hornbacher. It was a bit, it's, it's the, uh, it is a, uh, a testimonial of a female bulimic mm. and her challenges of wow. being a bulimic and, and, and recovering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Joining the Chili Peppers changed my life forever. Mm. Um, in the sense that I was already in Jane's Addiction mm -hmm. and we were already established band, but once I joined the Jilly Peppers, I was like, now all of a sudden I was catapulted into their realm, yeah. which was really a lot more going on, a lot brighter, a lot mm. shinier, a lot more cameras, a lot more coverage. It was a, ba it was a weird adjustment. Sure. But, and I know that some people loved my stint in the Chili Peppers. Some people hated it. Mm -hmm. But what it did give me was the ability to progress comfortably with other musicians and carry on. And fortunately, I got back with Jane's Addiction and I put the Panic Channel together and I have Royal Machine. So I feel like I'm covered on the playing end of things. Yeah. But uh, that might have been the most life-changing decision in terms of making me a visible character. Yeah that you know sometimes i struggle with and what i love about the art is that it's even though most people know it's me it's like you know it's a little undercover still got some yeah. mystery too yeah, and there's sure. a name behind it so it doesn't have to be me because right. to be honest with you it's just a lot to strip a lot of identity to strip mm -hmm. when i'm going in for an artistic piece sure i don't want it to be me you know what I mean? I want to. I want to. I want to be able to tap into something that's greater than me. Yeah, I mean, I always find that interesting when people, fa when famous people start painting, mm -hmm. right? Is is you you can't not look at it as this famous person's artwork. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You, I'd like to not look at it that way. But but it's hard to do. Like I've you know. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of who, but you know, I remember George Bush was like a painter. Yeah. And you see his stuff, and you're like, oh, that's the president painting. It's cool. Yeah. But, you, but you're not just going to look at the art distance from him. 
objectively yeah. without taking that into consideration. No, I mean, you know, to be fair, it's like, you know... I mean, maybe if you didn't know it was his, but... To be fair, I mean, you know, his paintings are good. They're hotel paintings. They're right. cool, whatever. You know? Yeah. He, he likes doing them and it brings him peace. I'm just saying we bring that baggage with us. But I'd still fucking own a bush in a second. Are you kidding me? If of I could get my hands on a bush. I mean, you see the Hitler paintings? <laughs> no. Hitler got kicked out. Of, he was rejected from art school. That's why he got so upset at the Jews that beat him into art school right. that he tried to get the Aryan race to pure blood Aryan race, which he felt was from Atlantis, believe mm-hmm. it or not, mm-hmm. that the Aryan race were Atlanteans and that their race had been diluted by other races. So his rejection from art school is what caused the Holocaust. Look awesome. I don't know if it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'd let the guy slide if it was going to save all those lives. You know, I put him in the put him in the intermediate class. Yeah, so we have room for one more. You're in the Fast extension. To, you know, Hitler the artist. Um, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Uh, can you get me another coffee? <laughs> and yet, I offered you coffee, and you said no. No, I was I was good no, now, no, but just kidding. I now would, you take one. If we were going over to the location, I would ask for another coffee. Yeah. But I would also ask for it from Starbucks. Are you a Starbucks? I am because I travel the world for a living. Yeah. And it's the only consistent consistent thing that I can get in Tokyo. Yeah. I can get in Europe. I can get in any state. And it's the fucking same. See, I'm the opposite. I want to go roll the dice. Yeah, on not, some shit I never heard of. Yeah, you're like experiential guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I want exactly. my fucking shit the way I want it. I get it. I get it. You There's know, something to Some that. of them make me like jittery. Yeah, I know no, what no. I want. I, just, I like the dude with elaborate facial hair who's like cares way too much about this coffee mm-hmm. making my shit. That's yeah. like he's got like a PhD. Oh yeah, he's not. He's not a barista. He's a mixologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And, yeah. it, and it, then half the time it's like bitter. It tastes like shit. It's a and I'm boutique-y like, place with handlebar it. waxed mustaches and shit. Yeah, yeah. I got you. That's like Brooklyn, that. baby. Yeah, that's exactly. That's right. exactly where you need to go. For that's that exactly shit. right. Yeah. Dave, thank you for doing this. It was a pleasure, man. Eddie. Thank you guys for having me. I hope we touched on what you wanted to touch on. I don't know, but it was great. As you've seen, I'm not one to hold back words <laughs> so if you want to hit another question i'm i've got time for it or if you're good you're good no, i don't but i do but that brings up a question sure um is there something that's off limits no nope. like i said you can ask an off limits question and if yeah. i tell you it's off limits no but what i mean is is are there things that you just won't talk about publicly um you know it's public it's a public weird thing like Journalists today believe that if they ask you a question, they are entitled to an answer. Sure. And I'm like, where does it, where does it say that? Right. In yeah. what realm do you live in that it exists that I have to answer every question some fucking stranger asks me? You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. So um, I, I'm pretty good when it comes to getting asked questions and I don't want to get into it. I'll say, yeah. listen, man, I'm not here for that or whatever. Yeah. But no, I mean... Typically, nothing's off limits. Like drug addiction is well known. Mm-hmm. My, the murder of my the murder of my mother is well known. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know anything any skeletons that I have are pretty much out there. You know, yeah. so and I'm happy to expand on all of them because the death of my mother is one of the impetuses, or is the impetus to where I'm going now uh, creatively because I'm just kind of channeling that damaged inner kid sure 
that exists in a lot of trauma survivors and saying, here's this kid, protect that kid in yeah. you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's awesome, man. I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me here. Anytime. Come back. We'll yeah, dude. Promote some shit or talk about whatever we want. Um, Life After Death yep. Street. Life After Death Street on Instagram. Dope. We'll be following it. Or at Dave Navarro on Instagram. But okay. I interact on Life After Death. I don't really interact on Dave Navarro. Nice. Well, I can't wait to see the next pieces. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm working on something now with Dirk Cobain, so hopefully that thing will be Big ready. shout out to Dirk Cobain. Dirk Cobain. The homie. My homie. Eddie. You know the Xanax for this. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Eddie, what's up with Gorilla One? Same old shit. Just trying to grind away. A lot of stuff in there. Way to sell it. In the works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some sweatshirts available. Did a very limited run. They're selling like hotcakes. Okay. Where can, I, where can we get those? You got DM me at Gorilla One. I got limited sizes available. They're really expensive and very limited. So nice. Please don't ask for free. And no, I'm not giving you a discount. Are they zipper or over I the have, over I the have over? I have hoodies and crewnecks, but but all over. But if you want a zipper, I'll make it. I need a zipper. Just so for you. One of one. Yeah, no, I'm saying I, I customize them. I'll put your last name on the back. Do you have access? Where's to the Life After Death Gorilla okay. One collab? Huh? Where's shit. the collab with, with Life After Death? Well, we're, 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 we're collabing right now. That, that's exactly what we're doing, bro. Okay. We're collaborating on the, on the constant. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. That was Dave Navarro, Life After Death, Eddie Donaldson, Gorilla One, Rebel Radio. Um, that was a good one. Well, hopefully we'll have some more good ones coming up for you in the future. You can always find us on Twitter, Facebook, Anywhere on social media at Rebel Radio Net. And, um, you know, we always appreciate comments, suggestions, hate mail, whatever you got. Just send it over and uh, we'll ignore it. Most importantly, though, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.